tonight we have a great, um, a great opportunity, a great speaker. I think every week we've had a great speaker. Um, Andy is, we have a, um, a guy who Andy and I have known since we got here. He was, he went to Chapelwood when Andy and I um, came into Houston and Andy started working at Chapelwood. JD is actually become a really, one of Andy's best friends. And so um, they're really close and we went out to dinner the other night and, and I know a lot of JD because of Andy. I don't, I don't get to spend as much time with him, but um, but we went out to dinner a few weeks ago, and at the dinner afterwards, I was asking him about a Bible study that he does. And when he was talking to me, he was telling me about, you know, these unique tricks he does to get people to come who aren't believers, um, just so they could hear the, about the Lord and stuff. And I was like, I was listening to him, and it was fascinating, and I was walked away, and I was like, you know what, that's what we need for because we hadn't really decided what we would do for this talk, who we have, who was going to be the speaker for this talk. And I remember I walked away, and then I prayed about it for a few more days, and I was like, you know, that is what I want us to hear about, is somebody who who is so loves the Lord and is so interested in seeing God in the present that he's looking for ways to um, share Christ with people and, and even do it in unique ways. And so I asked JD to come and speak to us today. And he's just going to share a little bit about his walk and a little bit about what's worked for him and um, what God's doing. So go for it. Thank you. Thank you. So, so the trickster's been invited. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Well, thank you, Casey. Uh, as, as Casey said, I love Andy, and uh, I know he has really blessed churches along the way, and I know you have too. So thank you guys for all you do and for the churches and for God's kingdom. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. You're not one of those Christians. You're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? That, that's what a client of mine said to me, and either I was too bashful or too, um, yeah, I just, I was maybe too timid. Um, I liked the courage, but she wasn't asking, it was a statement, and I didn't correct her. And then I came across a passage, and this is a red letter passage, so this is from Jesus, and it's um, Matthew 10, 32, 33. It reads, therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. Ouch. Have you guys found yourself in a situation like that where maybe you you didn't talk about Jesus the way that you could have or introduce someone to Jesus? What's interesting is if it was a worker in our house or if it was somebody sitting next to me on an airplane or something like this, oh, that'd be easy to tell them. But when it's a client or something important, I was, I was ashamed at the way that I, my lack of response. As Casey said, we've been members of Chapwood a long time, and so in the Sunday school class, my wife says I like to have an opinion and talk about everything. Okay, <laughs> and she doesn't say that as a compliment. <laughs> but, but in Sunday school class, I always felt like I didn't know enough as the other people, and so I kept my mouth shut. And you know, in Proverbs it says, even a fool is wise if he, until he opens his mouth, until he speaks. And I just felt intimidated. I, I never really wanted to share, so I didn't really contribute in Sunday school. Until one, uh, we were doing a, a lesson that was a uh, self-taught, and it was a book, and it was about the sandwich generation, where you're taking care of your elderly parents, and you're taking care of your children, 
And quite frankly, it was probably a generation or two early when we did this, because we didn't really have the elderly parents at that point, and we weren't trying to take care of our college-age kids. But they asked me, it was self-taught, and they said, well, we would like for you to cover the topic on money, the chapter on money, which seems logical. And so I said, and, and I love to talk about investments and money and this kind of thing. I'm in that business. And so, uh, so I, said, uh, I said, sure, uh, may I talk about things I think are applicable? And they said, well, no, we really want you to stick with the material in the book. And this material was all about some like obscure social security technique or something. It's about as boring as it could come. So remember, I barely, I was afraid to say a word, and now here I am teaching about social security. And, and so we're in this class, and I bombed. I mean, like, it, it, looking back, it was funny, but at the time, like, everybody's kind of cutting their eyes, looking at each other, like, is this really happening? Amy, you may have been there at that point. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember you, Bobby. I wasn't there. Okay, good. This, <laughs> but, but, but it was just another thing, like, okay, great. So now I've actually given it a try, and, and I just have really destroyed it. So um, move forward. Uh, let me go back. The, the client who said about... You're not really one of those Christians. You're not born again. Uh, she's a really smart lady. I talked to her just yesterday. She's up in age now. She's Jewish. She, she's been all around the world. She lived in the Northeast. For her, being Christian was more of a, like, you're an American, you're Christian. You know, so, the, so those that had, were the born again were kind of the radicals. After I learned that scripture, uh, I called her, but like five years later, <laughs> And said, uh, hey, Audrey, do you remember one time you asked if I was a Christian? And I mean, why would she? And I said, uh, and so I explained to her about that I do have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And she said, uh, she said, so you're saying you're a Christian? And I said, yeah. She said, okay. And she went on to the next subject. And I thought, isn't it amazing that for her, it probably wasn't that a big of a deal, but for me, it was something that was really troubling me. I was called, so we cleared through Wells Fargo, um, and so the corporate headquarters called, someone called and said, hey, we have, this, uh, we have this conference taking place, and the guy we really wanted to speak can't make it, and so it's happening in two weeks, would you be willing to fill in for this, for this conference? It wasn't a huge meeting, it was like less than, I don't know, probably about this size, but like less than 50 people. And so, uh, so I agreed to do it, and I almost missed, it was a comedy of errors, I almost missed, missed my flight, uh, there was a big storm, but yet it didn't delay the air, the air, the flights, and so I barely get there, and I get there, and it's the longest line I've ever seen in security, and if it weren't for a buddy of mine that we work out at the Y right here across the street, uh, if it weren't for him, he works at the airport at the time, and so he got me through like where the employees go, and so I made my flight. <clears throat> And so I get there, and I'm in St. Louis, and after that, everything goes perfectly. And so I'm about to go on to give this talk, um, not, not spiritually related. And this guy comes out, and he says, uh, wow, J.D., this is so wild. Uh, he said, you know how we do that annual meeting, like in the spring and one in the fall? And so I said, yeah, I, I attend that one. And he said, well, remember, like, the last day where there's the where we have that prayer breakfast that you can go to voluntarily ahead of time. I said, yeah, I go to that. And he said, well, you know, he said, I just arbitrarily put in my calendar like three weeks ago to find somebody to speak. That's coming up in about six weeks. And I had it down at 11.15 a.m. on, you know, September the 28th, let's say. And 
you're here, and it just popped on my calendar. I think you're the one that's supposed to speak to the prayer breakfast. I'm thinking, wow, I guess they hadn't heard about my, my wonderful Sunday school teaching. <laughs> and so, uh, so I said, well, I tell you what, and I couldn't say I don't like to speak because I was there to give a speech, you know. And so, so I said, well, and so I was just, you know, honestly, it's the best part. I said, look, I don't feel comfortable talking about spiritual matters. I, I just don't feel like that's my calling. And, and so he said, uh, he said, well, I tell you what, I, I really think you're the guy. Would you think about it? And, and I said, okay, I tell you what, this is like a Tuesday or so. I said, I get, I'll get back with you by Friday, the end of the, end of the business, the end of the day Friday. And so um, I thought about it, and it wasn't like I had this epiphany, like, yes, you're supposed to speak. But I thought about when I was in high school, my principal told me, anytime you're invited to speak somewhere, go ahead and accept it, because over time you'll get halfway decent, maybe one day you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be okay. So I decided to do it, but under one condition. I said, the one condition is, it's going to be what I want to talk about. Yes, it'll be Christian-based, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to have another deal where I'm going to talk about Social Security you know, or something like this. And so, uh, so about six weeks rolls around, and so over that six weeks, I'm thinking about, what am I going to talk about? And so I've been kind of wrestling with, like, why do things happen in life? Okay, and, and I'm, not, I'm just going to share a glimpse of that, but, but normally if I'm asked to give a talk, that's what I talk about. It, but this is my first time. And so I came up with something, and Andy helped me kind of polish it up some uh, later on. But, um, but I have this belief that, and, I'm, and I don't have the answers for all of this, but I think, because there's certainly exceptions to the rule, but I think usually things happen for one of a few different reasons. And so I came up with this acronym, which Andy taught me is called an acrostic also. So he just, I learned all kinds of things from your husband. And, uh, and so I came up with it. Things either happen because, of, and I came up with decaf. I'm a decaf drinker. So divine intervention, you know, God causes things to happen. Evil, it's almost infantile to, now to act like there's a devil, but there's clearly one that scripture talks about left and right. Think about Hitler and ISIS and Putin and others. Um, I used to go with a K, and I was calling it karma, and my wife said, I thought this was a Christian speech. I said, well, well so I, that evolved into cultivate, you know, things that we bring on, to, bring on ourselves. Some of you may not agree with this, but, but it's scripturally based, in my opinion, uh, accidents. Accident is mentioned in the Bible. Some people say there's no such thing as accidents, but I can show you a passage. And uh, Meredith, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, free will. You know, and so, not to totally put you on the spot. And, uh, I'm definitely not grading you on this. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I'm the only one that didn't have a, uh, I'm not a theologian like all your other speakers. So, uh, so when I closed at that prayer breakfast six weeks later, I closed by saying something like, hey guys, I don't really know why I'm here talking. Because I don't even speak in Sunday school. You know, but I didn't, tell, I didn't tell them that part. But I don't know why I'm here sharing this with you. I don't know if I'm supposed to get something out of it or if you're supposed to get something, but I hope you get something out of this today. And then after that was over, they said, remember we do this in the spring and fall. We'd like for you to come back in the fall. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, they're really, you know, something's happening here where I'm having to, to share this stuff. And uh, over the next six months, I went through the, one of the toughest periods in my life. And it wasn't like anyone died or something major like that. It's just I was, I was 49. I was about to turn 50. I was questioning a lot of things. I was trying to I was find these epiphanies about what happened to my mom and dad when they got divorced. There's all this kind of stuff. It was a really dark period. I mean, I mean, 
not overly dark, but just, you know, it wasn't great. So when I went back for the fall for the same talk, I realized all of a sudden, here I'm talking about why do things happen, and, and one of them was, I think that was divine intervention, because it, it caused me to really search and to dig and to figure out why do things happen, and so it really helped me. So with that time, I'm closing with, hey, I know why, why things have happened, and this alone has helped me prepare for this. So the guy that invited me to speak, he came up and he said, J.D., this is your pocket speech. Have you ever heard that term before? Okay, I, I had never heard of that. And, and, uh, and I said, pocket speech? He said, yeah. He said, this is something you need to put in your back pocket. He said, because you're going to be invited to speak at different... And he was using Houston references, like, I don't know if he looked it up or what, but you're invited to speak at the Houston Country Club and the such and such and to different men's groups and business people. And, um, so I'm sort of a dreamer, and, uh, and I'm a very positive thinker. So I'm picturing, like, Billy Graham and Joel, <laughs> Joel Osteen and J.D. Choice, you know? <laughs> and wouldn't you know, I did not have one invitation to speak for the next five, four or five years. Wow. <laughs> so that's so much for his prophecy. But then all of a sudden, I started having some people asking me to preach, uh, to, to, to speak. And one of them was Andy, who really encouraged me because Andy said, hey, I think on Sunday morning, you know, on Sunday morning, I think we should have some lay people talk, and you're one of the people I think should come and preach one Sunday. And so that's when he really helped me hone on, on all of this. And sub subsequently, I got to talk at A&M and some other places. And so, uh, so I have become much more active with feeling comfortable sharing my faith and sharing my story, whether it's a larger setting or whether it's 101. It, it, 101 has been pretty easy, quite frankly, but, 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 uh, but, but not necessarily when it really counted. In other words, like if it's a financial deal, do I really want to risk this? And now I do. So what I want to share with you tonight is what I call rapid-fire considerations. And, uh, and so I'm just going to throw it. It's going to be kind of discombobulated. But, but if, if there's just one nugget that you take away, hopefully it's worth your time. Okay? And, uh, and, and I call them considerations because I'm not saying all of these are appropriate for you, but just something I hope you will consider in your daily walk. So first of all, think about decaf. Okay? Why do things happen? Because what I have found is that when you look back over your life, and maybe you're in it at this very moment, there's something that's probably not exactly great going on or has, didn't go great. And so if you go back and go, well, I wonder why that happened. Was it, was it something that God intended? You know, was that the deep divine intervention or was it evil? Did somehow evil creep in there? Or is it something I cultivated and yet I'm still blaming God about something from years ago, but yet it's really my fault? Or was it a random accident? Or was it the free will to either choose God's direction or my own? So, so I hope you'll consider that. Actively listen and act upon messages from the Holy Spirit. So I, I really believe that God cares about everything in our life. And um, so like, I think like, there's an example. Uh, I wouldn't plan on sharing this with you, but I'll tell you, and it's not anything big secret or anything, but... Right here at Bering in San Philippi, one day I was leaving the office, and I got caught behind a car that was on their text from me, and they didn't go through. And I'm pretty type A Houston driver, you know, so I'm not happy about this. And uh, so it wasn't that I was listening to the Holy Spirit, but I'm going, and at this point, for some reason, I was going a different route, and so I'm turning right there, like, by, uh, from the Houston Country Club uh, onto Woodway. And right while I'm there, all of a sudden, 
this uh, like it's a black or blue BMW comes like like 100 mile an hour kind of speed and a Tanglewood police chasing it. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, if I had not been stopped at that stoplight for that extra, you know, inconvenience of two minutes that I was so been out of shape about, I probably would have been right in the line of, you know, right in there. My point is, is that in Proverbs it says that God, you know, we make our plans, but God directs every step. So I really believe that, like, the way you drove here today could have changed your life. Or the fact that you chose to sit by somebody versus somebody else, maybe there's a new relationship or any number of things. So to me, I think that we should actively listen and act upon the messages from the Holy Spirit. Jim Jackson, who is a, who is a minister at Chapelwood, who I love dearly, and uh, I, don't view this, I don't mean this sacrilegious way, but to me he's the closest to Jesus Christ on earth. The guy's just, I mean, he, he is just the real deal. And so a lot of what I believe I learned from him, and one of the things he taught was that uh, every day, so today's the 28th, so read that chapter of Proverbs on this date. So, and I've done that for over two decades now. So I'm not good about saying, you know, Proverbs 17, 4 says such and such. But when I'm dealing with certain things, and again, this is not saying look how great I am by any means, because believe me, uh, but... But it has helped me with business decisions, that kind of thing, because I can kind of think, okay, I wonder what, you know, because it just kind of comes out after you've been doing this for a couple of decades. And I didn't want to be legalistic legalistic with it either. So I, I was doing like five days a week, and I thought, well, not, why not go ahead and do seven? And so anyway, it's really been a part of my daily routine that's helped a lot is reading the Proverbs the day of the week. Um, in addition to Chapelwood, we also go to Hope City. So we, and my daughter sings at different churches, so now she's in college, but, so we go to several churches. And, uh, but we were in Hope City, I was involved in a small group with the minister, and uh, we would meet on Wednesday mornings, we, and we still do, but um, he, he often talked about the first 15. Have you guys heard of the first 15? So, you know, in the Bible, it says that God wants your first fruits. You know, we're to, we're to give everything first to God. But when you wake up in the morning, what do you first focus on? So for me, usually I check the futures market, and I check the weather or whatever, and, you know, then my emails. And uh, it's just a concept of, of you can still pull out your phone, but instead of pulling up, you know, whatever you check out, whether it's Facebook or your email or whatever, what if you spent the first 15 minutes in whatever order that seems appropriate between prayer, scripture reading, and uh, worship? And so, you know, about five minutes in each of those. And so it's just a practical way to set yourself up for the, for the, for the day. Um, one thing that uh, I've done this three times this week, and truth, truthfully, probably a couple of them were because I was going to be here today. So, you know, the, but... Uh, in the past, if somebody would say, like, I'm having this ailment or this problem or, you know, again, everybody's, it seems like a lot of people are hurting. Instead of saying, well, I will, uh, oh, I'll pray for you. And then part of the time I would remember and part of the time I wouldn't. Uh, I've started a process where, where um, if I know them, I already know where they kind of stand on things. But if I don't, I'll say, do you have any spiritual beliefs? And it's interesting to hear what comes back. And so... Um, and so, depending on what they say, either way, I'm going to pray for them. I said, well, do you mind if I pray for them? I've never had anybody turn me down. So, so may I pray for you? And so, we have a lot of uh, Christian and Jewish clients. So, a lot of our, so, if it's a Jewish client, I'll usually start with, uh, you know, 
you're a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who I call Jesus Christ. So I'm not, I'm not hiding Jesus Christ. Um, this week, um, we had two on Monday, one who was having ear surgery, we were just talking about, uh, that he had it today, but he was telling me about it on Monday. Another, another person who I don't know that well, I've never met her in person, but we've done business together for years. She lives in California, and she found out uh, over the weekend that from the emergency room, basically, that she has a very uh, aggressive type of cancer. And so I said, do you have any spiritual beliefs? She said, well, yeah, I'm Catholic. And I said, okay, well, may I pray for you? And, um, I mean, she's crying to me. And, uh, and, and uh, today there was a client who's having some issues and uh, some emotional issues, and she's having a big plumbing problem, you know. And so my point is is that I think that instead of, like, saying, I'll pray for you, and, and even if you really do, uh, why not just do it with them right then? Because it really makes an impact on them, and it also makes an impact on, on you by doing that. The, um, some of these, you guys, I'm sure there's so many things you can teach me, but I'll, I'll tell you a couple of more that, that I shared with the Aggies when I was speaking there is um, act in a spirit of excellence in all areas of your life. Now, I'm an athlete. I just don't look like it, so, so, I, so maybe I'm not doing the excellent stuff like I should be. But, uh, but I think that on the one hand, I think that everybody's so busy taking care of themselves, they're really not watching you. you know, like, you know, you're worried everybody's watching you. But on the other hand, people are watching you. And if you, if you cheat on this or whatever it is, and um, I just think if we attempt to act in that spirit, I think that it carries over to other areas of our life. Uh, assume the best of others. You know, going back to Jim Jackson, he used to quote that we judge ourselves uh, on our intentions but others by their actions. And think about how often that if we thought, okay, well, I wonder what their real intention is there, and what if we assume the best? I think we would all be a lot happier. Um, and from a professional, if there's a professional group, I would say if dealing with others, you know, always put the other's interest first and then everything else has a way to work out. What I have found is that in business, if you always take care of your client, then somehow everybody's happy and you end up doing better than you would have anyway and so and you're just doing the right thing but here's what's a little bit funny it's kind of full circle remember how i was so petrified about a speaking and b speaking about something that somebody else wrote because i didn't want to get stuck teaching social security again <laughs> you know lesson uh, this bible study i mentioned to you guys i go to on wednesday mornings I, so I go to the Y across the street here, and we do boot camp, 5.30 in the morning. And so you, you're there every day for a long time. You kind of get to know people. And then you see the same guys in the locker rooms. So you, you develop these relationships. And in early COVID, people were really yearning for relationship and this kind of thing. And so, so I started something that I called boot camp Bible study. And so it's, uh, it was an all-guys group, and we, would, we started on Zoom. And so we would... Um, We'd have Bible study, and so what I did is, is I just started taking every lesson I would learn on Wednesday morning, and I would take as many notes as I could, and I would totally plagiarize, uh, but, but they knew it, and I would say, well, this is what I learned Wednesday, and I was delivering on Saturday, and what happened is, first of all, it helped me because I, I took more of it in when you're taking that kind of notes, and then when you're trying to teach it, then, then you're learning more. But it's such a Houston group, and this is what I this is what I love about Houston. We're such a diverse community. But like, one of my best friends 
that he's also a client, but he's from boot camp is how I met him. He's Jewish, and he's the one saying, hey, when are we starting back again? One of our guys is Hindu. And we're talking about scripture. I mean, we're talking about this is a Bible lesson in New Testament as well as Old. And so, and what, um, what I think what Casey was referring to as tricks is uh, like one of my buddies, I knew he wouldn't come to it. And, and I don't know how you, I mean, this is a Methodist church. So hopefully everybody's good with this. But anyway, but I served Bloody Marys in, in mimosas. And so, and so I asked him, I said, hey, would you be our bartender? You know, because I knew he, would, he wouldn't come for a Bible study. That wouldn't be his deal. But he would come as a, as a bartender. And uh, what's that? So those were for the in-person ones, obviously. So, so, so anyway, so we were doing Zoom. We did it for like three different semesters. And then things started reopening. There didn't seem to be as much appetite. So now these are for the in-person. So, so I just do those sporadically. Normally, like if my wife's going to be out of town or something, I'll say, hey, guys, we're going to have this at my house Saturday. Um, if I start seeming too churchy, then and I know this is now I'm really going to get in trouble. <laughs> this is purely a joke, but I'll say, well, we're going to have dancing girls. So because <laughs> it's a guy's group. <laughs> Casey's like, I'll never invite this guy <laughs> anywhere again. Anyway, but but it's just to kind of lighten it up, and so that they don't, so they can see like, hey, you can still have fun as a Christian, and uh, it's been very rewarding to me, and I hope to those guys. So. What I want you to think about today, and, and I'm not like I'm not the one that sees you know the Mary and the Christmas lights or whatever, or the crucifix and the mold on the cheese or something. So I'm not getting, I'm not going that. And maybe people do. Okay, so I'm not criticizing them. But but if you would just stretch with me a little bit and say, what if God really wanted you through this guy that's not a minister or whatever to just share one thing that maybe you can take away, okay? And then I'm thinking like, well, okay, well. The only reason that I'm even here tonight, if I think about it, is that this guy in St. Louis asked me to come and give a speech, and then somebody's saying, well, wait, you're here, you're supposed to come and give this prayer talk, this prayer breakfast, and then and I'm thinking, well, my principal from high school, I mean, I'm 55 years old, but, you know, he told me always accept these things, and then, and then I'm thinking, what if God really wanted one of you to hear something that, because he cares so much about you and loves you so much that he... <laughs> made all those things happen so that maybe something would be meaningful to you that, that might help you with something. Um, the, the, uh, I should have missed that plane. You know, uh, if it wasn't my buddy from boot camp, I wouldn't have made it. Um, there's just so many random things that fell together. It, and, and maybe it doesn't change your life one second, but it's changed my life because now I feel more comfortable speaking about God and his love and about Jesus Christ in spite of all of my uh, inabilities. So if there's anything nudging you, you know, like, hey, maybe I should try that deal where I read the Proverbs, you know, on the day, or, or, maybe, or maybe I should, uh, you know, do the first 15 or any of those things, maybe it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to you there. So, uh, so Casey asked me to come up with some challenges and so I would say any of those that, that, uh, that, that you think that resonate with you, but, um, but, I, but she's come up with some really cool cards, and, it, and, it, and we include some of, the, uh, some of the challenges there. There's three of them. If you guys want to take a look at them, that's great. But the three, that, the three we included are the first 15. It does put, your, it does put you in the right frame of mind for, for, the, uh, for the day. 
Um, somehow I missed this one. Did I, did I talk about everything being spiritual? Oh my gosh, this is one of my main points. So, so, uh, so, so this is another concept that was taught a lot in my Bible study. That sometimes you may think that you're having an argument with your spouse, or you may think that you're in this political debate because of your belief system about whatever it is with politics or whatever. But what if everything in the world is spiritual? Everything. And so then, all of a sudden, if you really take that into to heart, then maybe some of these things that you think are so, you know, that you're going to hold on to, maybe it's all spiritual. Because if you go back and, you know, the, 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 he comes like a thief wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. You know how many relationships today are being destroyed because I'm not a big social media guy, but because somebody posts one thing about this candidate and the other one posts this thing and they won't even talk anymore. And so I just keep thinking, you know, if you really believe everything is spiritual, I think it changes the dialogue between different communities, between different people that maybe someone you're having an argument with or whatever. And then, uh, and then lastly is the decaf, you know, What's going on right now in your life that maybe, maybe it's divine intervention? Maybe you're really supposed to be here. I hope it's not evil reasons why you're here tonight, you know. Uh, or, what, or what about, seriously, what about in the past something that happened? Maybe it was because of one of those concepts. So one of those reasons. So uh, I appreciate you having me today. Again, I'm just a lay person that doesn't know half of what probably you guys know, but I appreciate the opportunity, so I'm I don't know if you take questions or if y'all want to, if you want to critique or correct or whatever. So. Yeah. Definitely have a question time if y'all have any questions or thoughts. Uh, I like how you open to people uh, where you say you're the spiritual. What, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Yeah. What, what kind of responses have you gotten from that? Um, well, you know, in Houston, Yes, I'm Hindu, or, or yes, uh, yes, you know, I grew up Christian, or, or yes, my mom is a Catholic, or whatever. You know, it's like you can kind of figure out probably where they stand, you know. Or, or uh, and so, like I say, so far I have not had anybody that's been offended by praying for them. Uh, I remember one time, uh, it just so happens. It seems like whenever I'm in person. They tend to be like really big guys, you know, and so like, like I remember the first time this happened, this guy was having some real issues, were career issues. He's a great guy, but he was just kind of going through a rough patch. And uh, so we're walking out, we'd had breakfast, and I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And so I put my hand up here and, and praying for him. And, uh, and afterwards, I, he appreciated it, but he also said, oh, man, he said, this is the most embarrassing thing he told me. <laughs> and, uh, but... Probably, you know, but it, I think it's just a good way because to open it up because that way you can kind of figure out where they are. And... Who else has a... Does, does, anybody, does anybody hear something like where they really think, oh, I don't know about that, like you disagree because I don't claim to have all the answers. It's a... <laughs> well, you know, when I first used that, it was just for me to remember it. And then when I talked with Andy, he said, he said, no, I think you should share that as part of it. So Andy actually had, uh, like, uh, they did these slides that had, like, decaf and stuff, one of them and stuff, so to, to really make it resonate about uh, the reason why things happen. I think, I will tell you one, 
I don't know if it's that funny, but I think it's funny. Uh, one last story about uh, one of the guys from the Y who's part of the boot camp. He goes to Lakewood, so he's a really happy guy and very uplifting. And, 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 I, and, I, and I mean that with all sincerity. And, uh, and, uh, and Frank, and, uh, so he was working at the airport. He's the guy that got me in. And he sort of has this James Earl Jones voice, and so, which is exact opposite of my voice. But anyway, so when I was running late to get on that flight, what I didn't tell you, so, so I didn't even think about calling Frank for help. I just seen him the morning, I mean, because this was an early morning flight, but I just seen him at boot camp that morning. And so, um, unbeknownst to me, Frank's a character, and he had been calling out on the PA system the entire Hobby Airport, would Dr. Joyce please call one, two, three, whatever. And, and so he had done this. I, I didn't hear it till like the third time. And so, uh, so I immediately call Frank on the phone and go, Frank, I just heard you. And I said, I am stuck in this line. I'm about to miss this flight, and I'm supposed to give a speech, and you know, and again, I'm pretty wound up. And he's like, "Okay, just leave the line right now." I said, "Are you sure?" Because <laughs> I'm about a third of the way up. He said, "Yeah, just go back to where the Papa's barbecue thing is, or whatever." He said, "I'll meet you there." So, he, so I get there, and so he says, "Come with me." So he goes up, and first of all, there was somebody else that was letting their friend in, <laughs> and TSA's going, "You guys can't just bring people, you know, left or right." And he said, and "I don't know what Frank said." He said something like, "He's so uplifting." He said, "You know, he's he's with me or something." So anyway, we get in. So Frank says, "Come on, let's go." So we, we're running, and so he's carrying. I, I was flying back that afternoon, so all I had was my briefcase, but I, because I went through the employee that you had to take out your computer and stuff. Anyway, so we're running. So we get to the gate, and he goes, <clears throat> "I wish I could. I wish I had had him pipe in." He goes, "Dr. Joyce, your gate." Okay, so so I go up and so I scan in, and so I'm so type A, instead of like signing in and go, oh, now I'm, you know everything is good. There's these three elderly little ladies that are walking along, and can you believe? After I already checked in, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I go walking right around there. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, it dawned me that what is wrong with you, you know? And so, so, so I said, I said, oh, ma'am, I said, I am so sorry. I said, I said, I was just afraid I was going to miss that flight. I promise you, this is what she said. She said, that's okay, doctor. They have been paging you all morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I just said, I sure hope there's not some sort of medical emergency on the flight. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, Thank you, guys. If you have any other... Oh, by the way, uh, as a party favor, uh, I wrote a book that's a whole other story. Wiley published it in 2012. I have a lot of extra copies. So if anybody would like a copy, uh, they're yours for free. It's my, it's my party favor for you guys being here tonight letting me speak. So thank, thank you very much. <laughs>